0227 is wide open. Colonel, dispatch the detachable kid. TDK, 2 o'clock! TDK is the detachable kid? Popheads, welcome to an action-packed installment of the TomCast Popcast. This is issue 175, and I am coming to you from Vicky Vale's old apartment in Corto Maltese. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for listening to this quality, independent pop culture podcast that we call the TomCast Popcast. Please make sure you're following us on social media, at TomCast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. Please, by all means, email the show, TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing the show with friends, family, loved ones, people who owe you 20 bucks, people you owe 50 bucks to. Make it meet in the middle, listen to a good podcast together. And if you're on Apple Podcasts and you have the time, the best way, one of the easiest ways to support us, five-star reviews. Thank you so, so very, very much. As I said, we have got a big action-packed extravaganza for you this week, and I'm so excited to talk about this. We have some, some guests joining us for this, and we're going to get into it. It's out. We can go see it right now. The Suicide Squad. The James Gunn written and directed Suicide Squad film is finally here. And uh, uh, I think it's safe to say that many of us have rejoiced in its glory. And we bask in the wonderfulness of it. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to get, to, get to, to get, excuse me, to get talking about this one. So, you know, we're, we're going to get into it pretty quickly. But I do want to make sure that we, we do our, the proper bona fides here for, for this movie. Give it credit where credit is due. Obviously, James Gunn as the writer director gets a ton of it, but let's 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 name off his incredible cast, all right? And this is in no particular order, so so I'm not playing favorites here by any means, all right? We have David Dasmalchen, Nathan Fillion, Sean Gunn, Taika Waititi, Daniela Melakor, Viola Davis, John Cena, Joel Kinnaman, Juan Diego Boda, Alice Braga, Peter Capaldi, Idris Elba, Jai Courtney, Miling Ning, Storm Reid, Steve Agee, Julio Ruiz, Margot Robbie. Joaquin Casio, Flula Borg, Pete Davidson, Tanishi Kajisi, Jennifer Holland, Michael Rooker. I mean, my God. <laughs> and if you've seen the movie already, uh, y- you know who makes it and who doesn't to the end of the flick. You know how the movie starts and how much fun it is. And everything in between that we can get into on this one. And that's what we're going to do. You know, I gave you the my, my initial reaction on Thursday night after I got to watch the movie. But we're getting into the into the details. We're going to get spoilery on this one. We're going to talk about the things we liked, maybe some of the things we didn't like, if there were any, and, and just kind of have a good, fun time talking about 
uh, a, a comic book movie that I think I think we all deserved. Let, let's be perfectly honest. We we were we were tricked <laughs> back in 2016 with that Suicide Squad movie. We thought we thought we were getting one thing and we got something else. Uh, it sounds like a lot of people who were involved weren't happy about it, and and so uh, you get like a sort of a sort of a sequel, but sort of a reboot at the same time. It's 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 uh, this is the movie that I think we all kind of wanted the first time around. You know, dark comedy, big action adventure stuff, uh, and just generally a good time. And and we're like I said, we have guests on the other side, and we're going to talk to them and see what they thought about the movie. Maybe they disagree with me, maybe not. I don't know. We're going to find out. Before we get into the episode proper, though, of course, we do have to thank the official members of Pophead Nation, which you can join at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. You can join the nation and gain access to the sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, Jeff co-hosting The Ring in the Air, a fantastic music podcast. Please check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. Excuse me, I did that wrong. It's the evilest of all circles. The Squid Master General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley, right here. We have our own Harley Quinn listening as a member of Pophead Nation. How fantastic is that? I am, of course, referring to Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company right here in San Diego, California, and coming soon to Baltimore, Maryland. How cool is that? And, of course, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. Thank you all so much for being the official members of Pophead Nation. All right, like I said, we got a, we got a good one to get into. I'm really excited for this one. I hope you all are excited for it. Remember, it this is spoiler filled. We're getting into it. We're not going to shy away from talking about who lives, who dies, and and who's maimed, who is horribly scarred, and, and irrevoc- irrevocably damaged, irrevocably damaged. But in the process of, of this movie, it's going to be so much fun. So I need you. To, I need you to do the thing. Do the thing with me. I need you to sit down, buckle up, hold on to your butts, and buckle up again. Let's go. Each member of the team is chosen for his or her own completely unique set of abilities. This is Christopher Smith, known as Peacemaker. In his hands, anything is a deadly weapon. His father was a soldier who trained his son how to kill from the moment he was born. Are you having a laugh? What? You just said each member of the team is chosen for their unique abilities. He does exactly what I do. But better. I always hit my target's dead center. I hit them more in the center. Hey, can't hit something more in the center? I use smaller bullets. What? They go inside your bullet holes without even touching the side. Hey, all right. Are you all ready for the conversation? I have two of the finest-looking gentlemen ever. It's a shame this is not a video podcast. Um, but you have to trust me. Finest-looking gentlemen you'll ever see. On on my left, the, 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 the undefeated champion returns once again. Reagan from the CoSG podcast. How you doing, brother? Good. Greetings, programs. I was like, I can't tell who's on your left, so. <laughs> but I guess it could be like the Avengers, and I'm on your left. Oh, as always. As always. Yeah. And on my right, my actual brother <laughs> and superstar <laughs> extraordinaire of the TomCast podcast, Mark. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm really excited. I'm delighted that we're all here uh, for this movie review. Uh, I'm cautious about what one of your opinions might be on this flick, <laughs> but I can't wait to get into it. I'm really excited. We've all watched the movie at least once. I think Reagan's watched it twice, at least. I, wa- I watched it twice opening day on Thursday night. Good for so you. So in like five hours, I watched it twice. <laughs> I love your accent. American women all love accents. We do, because we don't got none. All right, we're here. James Gunn's 
The Suicide Squad is finally here on uh, streaming on HBO Max. You can go to the theaters if you're in a good place to go see it. And and we're here to talk about it. Uh, I'm, I'll start it off real quick with just like a little... I just want to kind of say this right now at the be- for the beginning of our review episode. I knew qu- very quickly with this film that I was in for a good time from the opening of the movie. The, you know, the Warner Brothers logo hits the screen and Johnny Cash starts to play. You know, Folsom Prison Blues. And I was like, well, that's mm-hmm. fucking perfect. <laughs> and from there, I, I again, there's another moment, we'll get to it, but from that very opening, I knew I was going to have a good time, and I surely, surely did. Uh, very broad view, guys. What do you think? Yay or nay on the flick? On the on the whole flick? Yeah, just thumbs up, thumbs yeah, down. Big yay. I mean, big yay. Come on. Big yay and a beignet. Don't ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I give it a yay. Hey, oh. all right. Thank so, goodness, people at home. You don't know how nervous we both were. We we were gonna we, we were nervous this would be a, a, a combative podcast. Yeah, Mark <laughs> hater of fun, but this movie has apparently won him over. I don't know. I mean, now we, let's let's get into it. We all know that we're on the same page here, which is good. Uh, Mark, why don't you talk about? I don't know your impressions of the opening. Like, let's talk about that opening segment here. You know, where we meet we meet Michael Rooker's savant character in jail. And, and the whole mm-hmm. opening mission, like, what'd you think? Did you, let's put it this way, did you know it was a misdirect? Um, I suspected as much, but I, I wasn't sure if uh, Savant would would live and, and, and we would continue to follow him. Um, but, um, no, overall, um, I mean, I really liked it. Like you said, the movie starts with, with Johnny Cash, and so... You do that. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I wondered if maybe Folsom Prison Blues was a little bit on the nose, but, um, <laughs> but, um, but I did enjoy it. And seeing Savant's character in in his cell, uh, kind of a playoff of The Great Escape, bouncing the ball around. Sure. Yeah. And then, then taking out that. Uh, I don't know what type of bird that was, but taking out that bird so getting kind of a look at his his power set um and and yeah then then the raid on on the beach and and seeing the uh the the odd combination of power sets that were were brought (laughs) into that mission Mm -hmm. and i yeah i i enjoyed it yeah savant is a, a a one of the there's a lot of characters in this movie that i don't know Savant is one of the okay, few that I do know. <laughs> uh, Savant is he's a he's a more modern character. He didn't, he didn't, he debuted like in the late '90s, early 2000s in in Birds of Prey. He's actually okay. So he's gone up against Batman and and Black Canary and, and Huntress, those characters. So that's Does he has a gun. Uh, I think he has like a he's, he mostly has like a baton sort of thing going on. Okay, because he's he just had break... nothing on the beach. My right? <laughs> well, he doesn't do much on the beach though, does he? Well, I, you know, most everyone else has guns. And, and weapons and such and arms, but he just kind of stands there. It doesn't look like he. So maybe he dropped it when he grabbed the wheeze. May, uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> again, another another great moment for the opening of the show. Where they're doing the drop and you know onto the beach there, and and the weasel character just plummets to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Poor weasel. <laughs> yeah, you felt for him. You, yeah, but you shouldn't. He's not a good person he like he's killed 27 kids 27 kids he like they put is that is that just because of like his species 
Now, maybe. Does he just eat babies? <laughs> maybe. I, it's probably because they're probably easier to get. He'd probably eat a person if it wouldn't fight back. Yeah. I just imagine babies are easy prey. I can go with that. He just looks so pathetic and stupid. You kind of feel for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean. Uh, <laughs> is Weasel like a genetically engineered weasel or is he a man that got like spliced with a weasel? I have no idea. I've never I, this, heard of this character before. No, this is one of those characters I am not super familiar with okay. either. Yeah. Just the way he was talking, I assume he was a weasel that got turned more human-sized. <laughs> so so the the movie opens and we're introduced to Savant's character, and then by extension we, we meet the team. They're getting ready to go out on a mission. They're going to go to Corto Maltese, home of Vicky Vale from the 1989 Batman movie. That's where, mm-hmm. she, that's where she got all her awards. Well, she had to live there, right, to get those awards. <laughs> she could have shown up for the day. I assume she had a nice <laughs> apartment at the beach. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> but so we so we we are introduced to what we will soon find out is are the um, the distraction quote unquote the, these are the expendable characters because they are all uh, expended very rapidly what, with the exception of two. Well, you think they're the expendable characters? You don't think they sent two groups to two sides of the beach? And whichever one was discovered was the distraction. You don't think Wallard knew that Blackgate sold him out? Oh, she and that, was, that was part of the plan. Do you think she'd sacrifice Flag like that? I kind of do. <laughs> and Harley. Quinn. And Harley Quinn. Yeah. I don't. She, Flag's not a criminal, though. No, but that—that's what sells it as as like them being the team, right? I—I—I I, I could. I just don't see her sacrificing the the one person who she trusts to run the team. I kind of. I mean, that's, that's kind of on brand for Waller in the comics. I mean, she is cold. Cold it, as she's ice. pretty fucking cold in this movie. Oh no, no doubt about it. But that's why that's why I'm saying like I don't think she has any sort of uh, uh, you know she's not gonna the mission's the priority. And if that means flag is expendable, that means flag is expendable. And supposedly you know flag being the good soldier knows that he's expendable. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I that's the way I thought about it. Oh yeah, they showed up. No, hundred percent. Like she did. You know she doesn't give a fuck which group makes it. It doesn't matter to her. Now, like I said, I, I, the, the way I read it, and I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if Mark agrees, but I, I read it, it was like this was exactly what she knew was going to happen. So that that's why she has a smaller team infiltrating up the beach for oh, Yeah, I mean, I kind of felt both ways about it. Like I kind of, I kind of agree with both of you because I don't necessarily think Waller would necessarily sacrifice Flag, but at the same time, she could have been thinking that Bloodsport would kind of take flags place. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I mean, they, and they talk about that when, when we cut back, once we establish there is a second team on the beach, we do cut to that. And, and that is one of the things they talk about is, is she's going to turn him into a leader, whether he wants to be or not. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, and, and you know, maybe another way to consider it from, from all perspective is if that first team does happen to make it great, that's, that's more assets on the Island. Cool. Yeah. But, the, the the stealth team is probably like the one that has the more more odds. Like it's, it's she's like hedging her bets basically. Yeah, because she does send them to to rescue Flag. That's so true. she obviously wants them alive. But is that just to make the team a little stronger? I think it is to make them stronger. And then we find out that Flag doesn't and he need also rescuing. knows secrets. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't even need rescuing. He's with the rebels. We we, yeah. we don't know that though at the time. 
it's hilarious though. It's, it is hilarious. We'll, we will talk about that. I want I want to talk more about the the sacrificial lambs in in this opening act here. I mean, we did talk about Savant. Uh, Savant mm-hmm. eventually will. Uh, you talked about the bird, how he kills the bird with the ball. I believe it's a canary, mm-hmm. if I could. Yeah. Remember. And then later on, but <laughs> who comes to eat his dead body? A canary. That's right. It's kind of perfect. I what. I was annoyed at the the bird killing in the beginning, but then the bird gets to eat him, and I was like, ah, "All right, yeah. it's all even now, I guess." And he he's the character who runs, so we get to see him get his uh, head exploded, which is fun. But Great what panic is, face. What do you think of the rest of Scott? We talked a little bit about Weasel, but but I have to ask about TDK, Nathan Fillion, the great uh, Nathan Fillion as TDK, the detachable kid. <laughs> this was another moment for me where I was like, "Oh." I'm going to have fun with this as I'm watching Nathan Fillion pop his arms off and send them to slap people. That, <laughs> just... That's why. Like, can't they pick up like a, a rock or something to hit somebody with or a gun? <laughs> it just was so ridiculous. And he's over there and he's like, you know, gyrating his shoulders, you know, what's left of his shoulders to like make it seem like he's really doing stuff. I was in stitches. I was dying. I, I thought it was funny. But then I thought, <laughs> why would they send this dude on this mission? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what Harley Quinn's next line is like. What the Oh, maybe he's a good thief because he could like take his arm off and throw it through a window and let himself <laughs> in the building. I love how he had like He-Man arms. That was my favorite part. Yeah, like, just like the little pop-out sockets. <laughs> I, I again, that's when I enjoyed. It. I also enjoyed seeing Pete Davidson get shot in the face. I think most people probably agree with me on that one. <laughs> yeah. Pete's Pete's funny. I enjoy him. As I'm an SNL fan, I'm a Pete Davidson fan. <laughs> it's just it just was a funny way for him to go. That's why I like. No, oh, absolutely. I don't mean that as an indictment of Pete Davidson as a person. I, oh, okay. I thought that I thought you were like I fucking hate Pete Davidson. No, no, no. I, no. Like, I mean, yeah. he just takes a bullet right to the face, and I mean, it is yeah. graphic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was really. It was really like, oh, here we go. And I was really surprised, but once once he gets out, he's like, it's me, and they don't come out and greet him. I was like, oh, we're about to have some major character death happening right away. <laughs> And, uh, you know, as you and I established last week on the show, neither one of us big Jai Courtney fans. So, no, get, apparently Captain this Boomerang movie's not die. either. Yes, yeah, so watching Boomerang die was like, I was that was kind of the ones I was like, oh, oh, it's getting serious. Yeah, after that one happened, I said, oh, God, is Harley going to die next? Like, <laughs> is all the other shit you've seen of her in this movie just... Um, like Red Herring and Mr. X. Deadpool 2, Misdirection. Yeah. With with, with his uh, X Force team, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, that's a great way to look at that. Yeah, right. no, I was I wasn't surprised at like Savant and, and TDK and Weasel, and Javelin. Javelin, and and even Mongal, who is not a good comic book character in my opinion. Oh, uh, okay, I wanted to know about her. Is she an alien or is she like a godlike creature? She is an alien. Okay, and Mark, she sucks in the comics. I assume she's D level as well. If my memory serves, I, and uh, maybe Mark can reinforce me on this, I think she's like the daughter of Mongol, who uh, destroyed Coast City back in the day. I mean, I think the characters are related as far as whether or not they're brother and sister or father and daughter. I don't really remember, but I mean, I think that's the whole point. Mon Gal. Yes. According, mm-hmm. Looking up here on the DC database, and she is the daughter of Mongol, who was a big bad Superman villain for a while, and uh, yeah. destroyed Coast right. to piss off Green Lantern. It's, he's a top-tier villain in the uh, DC universe? That's a bit or... of a stretch, he's, but he's higher okay. up than she is. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, yeah, well, obviously, because she's in this movie and he's not. Right. So, okay. It, it, I just... You know, they ask that question, is she an alien or what's what's her deal? No one bothers to even say a word about it. And then 
she jumps on a helicopter and it all goes terribly, terribly wrong. And basically gets everyone killed. I mean, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I did, know, first I, thought, right thought. I, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So we, we go through a ton of characters in, in that opening sequence. And that's when we also find out that uh, there is the second team, the one that we've seen probably more of in the trailers than, than we mm-hmm. were aware of at the beginning. You have Polka Dot Man. You have... Uh, King Shark, who who they never really call King Shark, right? They just call him by his uh his yeah, name, the, the Nunu or the No Way, the no, the no, no Way, way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I, I thought like was, I thought better. that was a nice touch. I really like that part of it. Uh, who else? Ratcatcher Two, obviously Bloodsport, uh, and of course uh, Peacemaker. Yeah, Peacemaker and Flying later on. Can I? Can I just I, from the get go when when they have their first interaction? With each other, Idris Elba and John Cena might be like my new favorite comedy team. Yeah, <laughs> Mark shaking his head. No, <laughs> no. John's Peacemaker's fucking hilarious. I agree. Movie. There, there were some things in the movie that definitely rubbed up against me, and John Cena was one of them. Uh, can, can, do you care to elaborate more? Let's talk about Peacemaker yeah. for a little bit. I like, just don't. I just don't think he's good. <laughs> Are you familiar that he's a wrestler, right? <laughs> I am. Okay. All right. And I know that he's been acting longer than Dave Batista, and the fact that Dave Batista is a better actor than him, I think, is an indictment. I think. I th- has he been acting longer? Like, are you counting the WWF movies he did? Like the Marine. Like Twelve Eight? Rounds and that bullet. The or, were those? De- were the? I I just think oh. those as movies. I don't. Oh no, I don't classify the Marines and <laughs> like WWE productions. I watch them. Okay, well, I wouldn't but, classify them as film. Isn't John Cena the original? I mean, Marine? they they, yes. they came out in theaters. Uh, well, the first one know, did. The first one did. It, it doesn't matter. I don't think I don't think the Marine Four with uh, Michael Mazan came out in theaters. I think that was a well, right, but I don't GVD even think shit. John Cena is in that movie. So yeah. no, but he is the, the original Marine. <laughs> He's the original Marine. Right, no. but that was that was released in theaters. Twelve rounds right. released in theaters. All right, Mark, have you watched F Nine? I know you're not a fast <laughs> fan. No, I'm not a fast fan. No, okay. I won't watch. If it. you think Cena's bad in this movie, I don't watch F Nine because it's going to blow your mind. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> oh, how dare you! Fantastic <laughs> franchise. No, that's a not. different podcast. We'll we'll get to the fast <laughs> movies at some point. Don't worry. I I actually have come around on Cena a lot. I think he's actually really good in a lot of stuff, uh, p- particularly comedies. I think his comedic yeah. chops are actually pretty good, and I think that's why he plays a good peacemaker because it's like you can't take that character seriously. Yet he delivers all those lines with a straight face. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> The, the eating a bag of dicks, or <laughs> for, the for, dicks on the beach for liberty. <laughs> yeah, and I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. How's that? You're being facetious. But if this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, and somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problem. Why would someone put penises all over the beach? Who knows why madmen do what they do? Hilarious. Agreed. And then again, <laughs> we we haven't talked gotten that part of the movie necessarily, but when he and Blood and Bloodsport are walking through the village of rebels, and they think they're rescuing mm-hmm. flag, and they're just kind of showing up to kill all of them yeah it's murdering a bunch of <laughs> pretty much innocent people it's really good <laughs> like there's a woman doing laundry yes <laughs> who gets blow darted and <laughs> that was i thought that was funny too i was like oh my god john cena has a blow dart <laughs> what is happening plus john cena showed up to the premiere dressed as peacemaker i mean come on He's all in on this. He sees this, this is a way to make a bunch of money from DC. I mean, he's getting a spin-off HBO Max series. Come on. John yeah, Cena for the I mean, win. I, I want a lot more HBO 
Suicide Squad spinoff TV shows. Like, Idris Elba's Bloodsport. Give me more of that, please. Yeah. Well, I mean, do we have anything else to say about, about Cena right now? Or should we transition to Bloodsport? I mean, you can't see him, but that's it. <laughs> oh, my Mark, God. Mark, that's a wrestling, that's a wrestling <laughs> reference right there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you, know, you gotta wave your hands in front of your face yeah. when you do it. Can't see him. Yeah. It's a, whole, uh, it's a whole thing. I got that gift that you guys sent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? I was just like, what is happening right now? Because I see John Cena gifts and Rocky gifts. And... Yeah. I mean, just normal, normal, everyday conversation. Everyone okay. at home sends wrestling gifts to each other. I, 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 think, gifts, I, think, I, I think on occasion, Reagan and I should loop in a third person just randomly to our texts so they can see what the fuck <laughs> we talk about and be like, what? It's the like hell? they say like three sentences to each other and then it's just like Gift party. 40 pictures back and forth. <laughs> but we know exactly what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about Bloodsport, Idris Elba, one of, one of my favorites. Uh, I was. Going into this, I was, I was excited that Idris was in it, but I was worried that he'd sort of just be like Bloodshot or a Deadshot too. Yeah, and I thought they did a really nice job of distinguishing him more, uh, make him different, make him different enough, make him interesting. I liked that character a lot. I thought they did a lot of good stuff with him, and I thought Idris was fire. It, he's great in everything. He really it's, is. I, I find a bad thing he's done. It's not or, Luther. He hasn't done anything bad. Don't try and find it. Uh, I really, I'm a fan of Idris Elba, and um, like Tom, I was excited that he was in this movie. But I'm, oh. I, I am going to disagree. <laughs> I, I think, I think it, it, it was just kind of a different iteration of Deadshot. But a, a part of me thinks that that was intentional because I mean, he basically had the same exact storyline yeah, with the daughter, where, and... with the daughter being being used against him. Um, but to kind of go back to like what we were saying about Captain Boomerang and whatnot, I feel like a lot of this movie is kind of an indictment of the first movie where mm-hmm. he, you know, they're just killing off characters from that original movie, kind of saying like, this is how you do a Suicide Squad movie, you right. idiots. Right. And so I, I think, I think part of it was intentional to do that. It's like, oh, this is the Deadshot character, but better done right. Yeah, but I liked I liked the differences between the the father daughter relationship in this and I mean the scene where they're yelling "fuck you" at each other like through the glass. Mm-hmm. I mean that's yeah. funny as shit. That was good. <laughs> and he really does. You know, they really have a, a they're, they're it's a much more acrimony in their relationship than there is with Will Smith and his daughter as Will Smith Deadshot in the first film. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I liked that they contrasted it. You know, they didn't try to emulate it or, or, or make it too similar. It's like yeah, there was a daughter character and like. That's his motivation for getting involved in this, but they, I, they, like I said, I think they differentiated it enough that I had a good time with it, especially with the the fuck you scene and the you know it's embarrassing being you know you being my dad and stuff like that. I liked all that stuff. I thought it was really good. Anything I enjoyed every minute that he was in it. It made me go read about blood bloodsport and was called him bloodshot again. Not a great character from the something. comics. I mean, they're, they're... no, I was reading. I was like, this guy sounds stupid. Yeah, <laughs> he's from the the John Byrne run uh, back in like the mid '80s when they relaunched uh, after after Crisis on Infinite Earths. You know, it, he kind of came out of like the Man of, the Man of Steel miniseries. Mark, if that jogs a me- jogs a memory for you. You know, they relaunched I mean, it, everything. It does, but I thought I read that he was from, like, the 70s. Oh, no. There, there's apparently Maybe two here. versions or two guys. Yeah, I think that's... this. Oh, this is like, no, 1980s. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So, I had my crises 
uh, mixed up. <laughs> well, there, there's, there's too many crises in DC. We I think we all can admit to that. Yeah, everything's a crisis. <laughs> so I, I I love those two characters. I think they're they are a big uh, big push in this movie. Watching Cena and and Idris kind of go at each other, I really dig that. I, I want to pause talking about the characters real quick because I want I want to I want to pick Mark's brain a little bit on on a technical aspect of this. Um, it, for the filming of this movie, they, they were using uh, this new camera technology. They, these I think they're called like D cameras or whatever, uh, like yeah. this like dynamic motion camera. What did you think of the way the movie was shot? Did you like the way it was kind of like constant movement or I don't know? What did you think? What well, one of the the things I really did like about the movie was um, I mean the overall look of the film I think is really good and I definitely appreciated the the camera movement I didn't know about any sort of new camera technology but I thought I thought the camera movement added a lot of a lot of energy to it and um, it reminded me of uh, James Gunn prior to to his stint at Marvel because I was a fan of, of sliver mm-hmm. and it, it, it made me think of that. Like it reminded me, it was like, Oh yeah, I do like James Gunn. So, <laughs> so I was, I was happy to see that. Oh, you know what? Should, maybe we should do you pause not like here. The Guardians I was going to say, we should pause here and let Mark talk about that for a moment. <laughs> Hold on. I, I, need, I need a minute. <laughs> yeah. This you is... can't drop a bomb on me like that. I have said this on the Tomcast before. It, it, and it might shock me every time. <laughs> and then I block it out of my brain <laughs> because that's a foreign subject. All right, go. What? You explain yourself right now. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the Guardians films. I, I don't. I, I think they to to put it to put it simply, I guess I would I, ultimately it would boil down to I think they rely too much on their humor, and I think the humor is very poorly timed in those movies. I I don't really catch myself laughing much you, at all. And you just said Batista's a better actor than Cena. Yeah, <laughs> he he's funny in those. He is funny, but Batista showed three minutes. In Blade Runner 2049, yes, Reagan, that's a great movie. Sucks. Sucks. No, it doesn't. <laughs> he's great in it. He's great in it. That movie sucks. <laughs> I think we found our next Versus episode, guys, fellas. But look, ultimately, as far as Batista is concerned, we'll, we'll see how he does in Dune, because that's a much larger role. What do you think of him in Army of the Dead? I did not watch that, and I will. Why not. would you not watch Army of the Dead? I listened to your review. I don't need to watch it. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. It has no, it's not. It. <laughs> I can tell you, it's not awesome, and I haven't seen it. Oh boy! All right. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Mark well, doesn't care for the Guardians movies, and uh, he Mark is aware though he is in the minority on this, and that we all yes, very, most very of us much love so. It. I, I know that they're much beloved, and I mean no disrespect for, to the people involved in them. Well, or to the people who are fans of those films, they're they're just not for me. Th- th- I mean, that does say a little bit of something that that a lot of people have commented on over the years that that you know a lot of Marvel films do have a certain look about them as far as the way they are shot. Um, yeah. And and getting Gunn out of Marvel for a little bit to get some breathing room might have been a good might might have worked out in his favor when when all that there was that backlash about his you know twenty five year old tweet or whatever it was, and um. Oh, yeah. You know, and these, yeah. and these, you know, getting to do this new tech, using this new technology. I mean, he's come out and talked about it a little bit, and, and said that with this, like I said, I may be, I may have the name mixed up. I want to say it was like these D cameras or whatever, um, D Max or something like that. 
but he said using them allowed him to to more fully realize his vision for the movie because he's like he's like I almost I pulled off almost every shot the way I saw it in my mind and then a few shots were even better than he envisioned them because the way those cameras are able to be used and deployed to get the scene the way he wants it to and so I th- I thought the movie looked incredible because of that the way it's shot the way the cameras move all of it is like like you said very dynamic and I couldn't agree more. I thought that's that's been my favorite part. Rewatching it for a second time is seeing the camera usage and studying it a little bit more fully. That's cool. I'll have to I'll have to look into the in, into that that camera technology. There um, there is a special feature on the HBO Max version. Um, oh okay. Yeah. If you if you um, special features. I, I did just want I I did look because I, I I did look because I felt like the look of this film was very different from the Guardians films and um but it is it is the same cinematographer from the second Guardians film okay which which I did think looked better than than the first one so <laughs> right, great, movie too. <laughs> great movie great <laughs> movie just saying it makes me cry every time so we got we got to move on from Guardians too he's Mary Poppins y'all oh. <laughs> Raising oh, the cry right now. Oh, just thinking about it. It's gonna get me going. It's gonna be embarrassing. More great Michael Rooker goodness right there. Yeah, I, I'm always a fan of Michael. Yeah, let's go watch him in like replacement killers, and then I won't cry. <laughs> oh my god. Mall rats. <laughs> before we get, uh, yeah. before we get back into the movie proper, though, since we we're talking about a little bit of the other aspects of it, I did want to mention. I was curious what you all thought. Uh, James Gunn you, deploying another one of his. One of the many weapons in his arsenal, with which what I think is a another stellar soundtrack that he he ties to this movie, because you go from that that Johnny Cash opening, and then when you get like to the title screen and you go to Jim Carroll band, you know when they died, it's like this mm-hmm. again perfect. This like this is spot on, and the music plays out through this movie I think really really nicely once again, just like with the Guardians flicks. Yeah, that that song was used in Dawn of the Dead, with you know written by James Gunn. Yeah, and it also had a Johnny Cash. Do you think he picked those two songs for that movie, or was that Snyder? They might. I think that was Snyder. Yeah, I mean, Uh, well, if there's no Leonard Cohen, I don't know if Snyder's really involved in the music then. He he loves that Leonard Cohen shit, though. Yeah, that's why I was like, there's no Hallelujah (laughs) and Dawn of the Dead. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure if he got a chance to recut it, it'd be all over the place. It'd be every song. You'd never get that uh, that Down with the Sickness cover. (laughs) Well, I you know, I don't know. I wonder if maybe maybe when Gunn wrote the script, if he kind of like noted that, like, hey, this yeah. is what I'm hearing right now. I have no idea though. I don't know if Mark knows any more about that. Normally, you wouldn't do something like that in a, in a screenplay, though, would you? No, normally not. Uh, um, uh, there's always exceptions. You're you're talking about Dawn of the Dead, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I just want to make sure. Want to make sure I didn't didn't get crisscrossed in the in the conversation. No, I, I feel like that was that was definitely more of a, a Snyder. A Snyder. Yeah. yeah, I was lis- uh, I was listening to the soundtrack this morning uh, when I was at work, and uh, yeah, it was it's it's a lovely soundtrack. I don't know if I like it. As, um, I don't. I have, it hasn't quite ingrained itself the way the the Guardian soundtracks have over mm-hmm. the years, but it's a really good soundtrack too. So I again another another one of James Gunn's uh, finer like little touches that he puts on these movies that I think gives it a very James Gunn kind of yeah. feel. First thought, I don't think it's as good as the Guardians, but I've watched the Guardians movies so much mm-hmm. that they're just a little more ingrained in my my head at this point. But I'm going to watch this movie like 14 more times before my 30 days are up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, agreed. we'll see. Agreed. 
All right, let's get back to our, our cast of characters. We're kind of working our way through things. We're not really getting into the plot. I just want to know what you guys think of the characters at this point. But let's get into our two carryovers from the first movie. Let's talk about Harley and, and Flag. Uh, Joel Kinnaman and Margot Robbie back in action once again. I love those actors. I love mm-hmm. them in these parts. Um, and listen, listen it, we, we, I said it earlier, spoilers are out there. Uh, Rick Flag not making out of this movie in one piece. Eh, allegedly. He can bring him back. <laughs> I mean, it's a comic book movie. Anything's possible. Yeah. I... And, like, he's such a nothing in the first movie. Agreed. He's so great in this movie. I was so upset when he got stabbed in the heart. I was like, oh, damn it. Yeah, and you saw the placement I of that. I couldn't believe of that, it. Of that I wanted more big fucking flag. Yeah, and you, like I said, you saw the placement. You're like, oh, that's not. he's not walking away from that one. That's not yeah. going to lay on the floor and slowly bleed out, maybe get up again. That's that's Rub- bad. <laughs> Maybe he rubbed some like starfish guts in there and it cured him. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, uh, Kinnaman I thought was was great as Flag in this one. I really, really enjoyed him a lot. And I've become a big yeah. fan of him over the last like year or so. Um, the Robocop or Ultra Carbon? No, because of For All Mankind. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's sensational in that show and, and uh, I think he got he got more room to play with, with James Gunn as this in this movie. And uh, he ran with it, I think. Yeah, it's, he does a much better job. But Mark, you're Mark, making a face. Yeah, Mark's making a face. I don't know if he's a Kinnaman fan. I'm not. He, I, he was he undoubtedly better in this movie okay. than, than he was in the first one. But no, I, I just, I still just wasn't feeling the character. Were, were you surprised when, when he gets quote unquote killed? If that yes, <laughs> and and happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so now he likes John Cena as Peacemaker. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I see how this no. <laughs> no. That was a, the event itself. Another great fight scene in that movie is that yeah. that, that battle between Yeah, that is two. a fantastic fight. As they're fighting for the hard drive with all the secrets. Moving on. Let's talk about Margot Robbie, though. <laughs> Back as Harley Quinn for what? The third? Fourth time? Third time, right? You got, you got Birds of Prey. You got the first Suicide Squad. That's Wasn't it. she in one of the Batman movies? No, I think that's the opening of Suicide Squad, right? Yeah. Under, under the water and stuff? That's yeah, that was, that's, that's, that's the beginning of the Suicide Squad. So, yeah, I think just her third time as Harley Quinn, but I think she's great at it. I like her. She's, she's great at it. Charismatic and fun. I, I was talking to to producer on my show about it, and he pointed something out to me, that he's like, she doesn't need to be in this movie, really. No. And I was like, and I thought about it, and I was like, fuck, you just ruined it for me. I could just enjoy her being there, but if she was just lifted out, they could just have someone else... They could have a rat still go into the eye at the end. The the weird yeah. love story that she has in the middle where she shoots that guy, which is funny. <laughs> it's funny. She's great. But none of that needs to be in the movie. And it, when he told me that, blew my fucking mind. <laughs> really? I like it's, I like her so much, and I like the Harley Quinn character. Well, I, I think that's one thing. I, I, Mark, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to... So my experience with Harley Quinn is mainly just from the Batman animated series TV show. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the character from the comics that that well. Um, I, I've never been it, it, again. It, like I like Margot Robbie, but I've never been thrilled with her her portrayal of the character. And I don't know if that's because I just know the character from the animated series and not from the comics. But I don't know. Like I. I wouldn't say that that I noticed that she doesn't need to be in the film, but I did definitely notice, like, you know, at at, at the scene where they're uh, they're they're they they're they're 
they're telling off the the thinker like like what their plan is going to be. Right, right. And at one point, she just says, "And I'm pacing back and forth right now." Yeah. And it was so useless, and I was just like, "Why is that line even in there?" Is you know, it, it definitely called attention to itself, and I was just like, eh. I don't, like at times it feels like. I don't want to say Margot Robbie is trying too hard at the role, but I almost feel like the writers are trying too hard to find things for her to do. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I actually, I sort of felt this way about a lot of the movie where like, I don't know, it felt very Suicide Squad to me for her to be there, but to be sort of like, I don't want to say not important to the story. Like you said, I mean, if you remove her and put someone else in there, I for me, that just felt Suicide Squad-like. I, that's something that I've always kind of dug about the team is that it's interchangeable parts. Mm-hmm. But that's just maybe that's just me being a little bit yeah, biased well, with the comments. That's not saying you could lift her out and put any other, you know, character in there. Yeah, and they could do basically this, you know, the major plot points. They could still get the javelin <laughs> if you still want that to be a thing. Like could, from Doom Patrol, you could put Crazy Jane in there. She has like forty million powers. Right, it's just, fun, I think it's just more but, fun when when you have Harley Quinn doing it. Sure, yeah. I get why they put Harley Quinn in. It sells tickets. I don't. Uh, yeah, but I mean, do you think that's really a driving force for for like? Absolutely. Oh, if Margot's not in this, it's going to be a disaster. Absolutely. You think Someone so? Abs. Hundred percent. You kidding? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I, I, I don't. I, don't, I, don't I, I might. I don't know if I agree with Reagan just simply because. Uh, the Harley Quinn movie didn't do very well. I mean, that wasn't enough to get people's asses in the seats. And that had Obi-Wan Kenobi in it, for God's sake. He's great in it. He, he is, but he doesn't have I mean, enough to do. I saw it in well, seconds. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's okay. I, I just didn't like the trailer. So, And I think at that point, I was like, I'm, I'm done with this whole it's, DC it's, cinematic Well, you have, you have HBO Max. You can watch it. It is available to watch. Yeah, but I also have better things. <laughs> but you watch the four-hour Snyder Cut, but you're not going to watch, like, the two-hour Harley Quinn movie. Well, mainly because I bothered to see the two-hour Justice League Cut, and I was very curious about it. <laughs> you know, like I said, I, I feel like uh, I feel like it, it just feels very Suicide Squad for to Harley to be like that. I like that she's not <laughs> elevated in importance over any other characters, really. Like, it, it's, it feels like a very ensemble cast i like that part of it i thought that i thought that's one of the reasons why this movie works we're not too focused on any one character you know some yeah. people ha- some people do have bigger arcs some people do have bigger uh, uh moments uh but as a, as a as a as a team movie this is one of the better ones i think because everyone kind of gets fair treatment yeah yeah everyone gets their moment to shine yeah. in this movie yeah and i i think her murderous rampage was Really well done. Yes, it really was. Yeah, that was, that <laughs> was a stellar great. scene. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> but you, like you said, you put another character in there, they could still have that murderous rampage, Damn. and it's the same thing. Okay. It doesn't have to be Harley. Agree, but I think you 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 get a little I, more I out want of it Harley being Harley. I enjoy it. So I mean, that's, again, like, again, I, I don't I don't think Eric's wrong, but I think that's again, I think that's kind of like a char- not a charm necessarily, but like. Just part of the dynamic of the squad in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, it's more fun with Harley. There's a bit more of a chaos factor. It's a little bit more random. Is she chaotic? She's just kind of... Chaos neutral? Yeah. She's <laughs> not really doing crazy things in this movie like she has in the others. 
she's not quite the wild card, but I mean, she's probably the longest tenured member of the Suicide Squad at that point too, other than Flash. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah she's probably, Boomer, and it sounds like Boomer's she's been on a around. few missions, right? Well, he says you're back, so I'm assuming this takes place after the Harlequin movie. My that's my assumption as well. I don't. They never reference anything else. This is very much a standalone movie. It doesn't feel like a sequel yeah. to the first one, even. So you don't think they're gonna link this into the new Batman? I don't know. I think I think like like is, villains that Batman beats aren't going to be in like future squads. I think I think I feel like Warner Brothers is done with trying to like make everything cohesive, and they're just going to make standalone mm-hmm. movies. That's sort of what I right. take out of as it. As long as they're good, like I'm fine I, with it. I almost worry that they see the success of this and then they try they do try to hammer it together because well, I, I, because that that Robert Pattinson Batman movie I think is supposed to be a standalone mm-hmm. its own thing. Yeah. I, I think we're. I, uh, it sounds weird to say it, but I think we're going to get more information on that when that when that Flash multiverse movie comes out. Oh boy, yeah. is that ever going to come out? I mean, they're filming it. <laughs> oh, are, okay. I haven't heard they started filming. I've just every other week it felt like you know this guy is going to direct, and then the next week and be like, oh, that guy dropped out. Don't worry, we're getting a new guy next week. No, no, and uh, then that guy would drop out. No, no, they're 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 filming right now with uh, Andy Machete from uh, uh, the It movies. Ugh. <laughs> okay. that's, that's a different conversation different conversation oh. all right hey, that's gonna suck just uh oh. just just wait till you look look up the the photos of a uh, supergirl okay, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. wait the, wait the television show no 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 in the, no no in the movie. Uh, uh. she's in the movie <laughs> all right let's let's talk about some new characters oh. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> Let, let's let's talk about some uh some other our new uh, some of our new favorite characters i, I want to know again we saw him in the trailers he was the, the big comedy the big reveal that sylvester Stallone would, would do the voice let's talk about king shark malawi as he's called in the movie uh what do you guys did you guys enjoy that is that your favorite iteration of king shark i loved it i did too I was a big harley fan. quinn king shark's really good Ron Funches Ron Funches is King Shark in the animated series fucking hilarious yeah well I mean you have King Shark with Ron Funches' voice and it's just that's a good time yeah I don't know he's a comedian with a very like soft spoken like stoner vibe he's very he's very chill (laughs) yeah He's a little high. Right. He's a little uh, kind of high pitched, like higher in the range. Yeah. So it's kind of funny to be coming out of a giant king shark body. Okay. I'll have to. I'll have to give it a try. That's, I know. Yeah, heard it's a great really show. Reagan, it's great, man. Reagan That's is, what I've heard. I'm pretty sure Reagan. I don't know if you've admitted it on the podcast, but you thought I was nuts, and then you watched it and you agreed. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is a true fact. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I was right about something. <laughs> I mean, I thought the same thing about Titans. I was like, that can't be a good show, and that show's fucking awesome. <laughs> So Titans cast is coming soon. Don't worry, we'll get into that. Yeah. But yeah, I was delighted yeah. by the whole thing with King Shark. There's some funny stuff at the beginning where he's gonna eat Ratcatcher when she's asleep. There's, uh, there's mm-hmm. good stuff, the comedy stuff. I, I, the whole thing is just it works for me. It's so good. Him playing with his new dumb friends who try and eat him later. <laughs> oh yeah, the part where he's with, at the aquarium. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. I really uh, yeah. thought there was going to be like a female King Shark in there. I was like, oh man, he's going to make it, make a, get a, meet a woman or something. And then it was these weird reverse piranha fish. I don't even know what they were or where they got them from. Well, and, and again, we talked about it as well. I, I thought it was a really nice touch that they called him Malawi and not just like King Shark. And they yeah. even they even hinted that you know maybe he is the offspring of a shark god. Who knows? 
Yeah. You know, one, one of the more fun takes on, on King Shark's origin. King Shark, another another character who's not, like, super old in DC Comics history. I mean, he made his debut in, like, the mid-90s. Oh, okay. In an issue of Superboy that I'm pretty sure I have somewhere. So, yeah. even more cool. Is it bagged and boarded? Of course it's bagged and boarded. <laughs> what is this, fucking amateur Nerd. hour? Come on. I'm gonna come to San Diego and just crease all the, you know, push all the edges down. You don't know where I keep my comic books, it's fine. I'll just start setting fires to storage facilities in the greater San Diego area. <laughs> Coming for you. Oh, my God. I hope the Batman of San Diego is ready for you. <laughs> New Firefly on the loose. <laughs> that guy's on the Batman of San Diego. What is he take, watching a Padres game? <laughs> the, well, the Batman of Bay Park is a Dodgers fan. so yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he's watching Scherzer. Yeah, and I was like, anyway, go Scherzer. Anyways, I, I want to talk about... We got to talk about David Dasmalchin as Polka Dot Man. I think a character awesome. that we heard the casting and we we all looked up the character. We're like, what the fuck are they doing with this? Reagan obviously is a fan. Mark, how did you feel? I I, I really liked it. Um, really fun. His psychological issues, the way that he's motivated to <laughs> lash out against his mother. The depictions of his mother are yeah. hilarious. He, pretty he's funny. dancing in the bar, and it flashes <laughs> to all the people around him, or just yeah. his mother. He's still just having a great time at the bar. <laughs> it's so funny, man. It's so good. And I, again, uh, David Dasmalchian, I think, does a fantastic job with the role. He has a lot of, I think, he has a lot of fun with it. And, and he's sort of a, but he's a very strange character. But they do a lot. Of, they just bring it to life in this. Yeah. Do you know? Uh, like, cause I I don't know much about the character. Is that is that true to his comics origin? Was he like an experiment of someone who worked at Star Labs or? I don't know that actually. I think I feel like he was just I, like a character who popped up <laughs> one day. Talking to my producer E, I asked him this very question, and okay. apparently, no, it's not. He okay. just could like shrink stuff, and they became polka dots that he would carry on his suit, and then he could have. It was like a utility belt. I feel like they could have done something with that. But it wasn't like an interdimensional virus, which is much better. Right. I I don't, I, I, I'm not going to say which one is better or not for this movie. But look, I'm a big fan of trying to stay as true to the source material as you can. And I feel like they could have done something with that. So that's actually a little disappointing to hear. But, (laughs) but none I still liked it. Well, I mean, to be fair, like, I'll be honest, like, I have, the DC comic book universe has, like, spun so rapidly out of control that I no longer know what iterations of characters are actually, you know, the ones that we remember, because there's, like, the new 52, and then there's, like, whatever came after that, and then whatever came after that, and I don't know who's who anymore, to be perfectly honest. Like, after 2002, I don't know anything. (laughs) How many times have they rebooted after the 52? I thought it was just once. They reset again? 52. <laughs> 52 times. 50, 52 yeah, times basic, already? Basically. Yes. <laughs> and, and they, no, they, 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 they have, con- I feel like lately they've been doing the continually soft reboots here and there. You're like, wait, I don't remember that being part of anything. Uh, lot, that sounds awful. Reading DC Comics has become a bit of a chore. Unless it's, unless it's like Batman and then like I know who Batman is. I follow that. I can understand that story still. Yeah, because they pretty much refuse to change anything. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no drastic alterations to certain characters, and those unfortunately, the char- well, not unfortunately, but those are the characters that are probably the easiest to pick up and read nowadays. At least for a long time yeah. fan, new fans are probably in a great position because they know nothing. You can just pick up anything, <laughs> yeah. and just read anything, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, and it's great. Like I, I mean, in my the way my Until brain they reboot works, it I'm I'm trying to like coalesce all these versions together, and I'm like, well, this doesn't make any sense. 
I can't read this now. I'm very sad. <laughs> you just start fresh. Did you just need one of those men in black uh, mind-wiping things, and then you can just start fresh. <laughs> I don't know. The DC Universe for me stopped right after Wonder Woman snapped Max Lord's neck. That's the last great moment of the DC Comics Universe. It kind of is, yeah. Yeah, because like we were like, oh, None of us saw that coming, but again, that's a different different conversation. I watched that in the movie. I didn't read it in the comic. It was way better in the comic. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't snap his neck in the movie, did she? Not in Wonder Woman eighty four. I think. I think there was like an no. animated version though, where she might have. I can't remember. Oh, did they do like an animated or something? I want to say yes, but I could be wrong about that. Wait, too. doesn't she kill him? Or he no. dies? No, no, does, no, he, he fall no, he, no. He's reunited with his son. Yeah, he gets to go back. Oh, fuck that movie. He somehow, <laughs> you know, he has to ride on like Air Force Two or whatever, and went oh. back to DC. Really? Yeah. I yeah. watched that movie. I remember none of it. Well, that's for the best. You would use that Men in Black device on yourself. Yeah, I did. <laughs> right after that movie, I was like, oh, that's garbage. Boy, it's gone. <laughs> Two hours, I'm never getting back. Let me just clear my memory. Boom. For like three. <laughs> yeah, it was long. You're right. It was long Captain as Kirk hell. Captain Kirk was in that, right? Yeah, Captain yes, Kirk was, was there. <laughs> oh, right, because he took the body of another guy just so she could bone him, and then that guy just became himself again. Terrible. I got it. I remember that movie. Yeah, <laughs> terrible, 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 terrible. All right, I, I have to ask, uh, a character I had no idea was going to become like my one of my favorites in this movie, Ratcatcher 2. How I love this character. I, I don't know She's if you guys wonderful. agree. Daniela Melikor, fantastic. I was engrossed by her story, her whole journey, the whole thing with her and the rats and trying to get Bloodsport to shake its hand. You didn't tell me you had a fear for rats, Dubois. I'm an assassin! Why would I share my liabilities? Oh, he's offering you a pretty leaf to show you he means no harm. Why the fuck would I want a leaf? It's a pretty leaf. <laughs> it's, it's so good. I loved her. I loved her flashbacks with her dad, uh, Taika Waititi. The, that whole thing I thought was fantastic. Yeah. I thought it brought a real yeah. nice emotional core to the movie. Yeah, when she makes friends with King Shark. Yes. Awesome. I, I did not expect that to be like my favorite favorite characters coming out of this movie, and and it was. She was a, a, a what a wonderful addition to this film. I think she was like my favorite part of the movie. I was I, I was I was I was surprised. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's good to hear. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm not out on the limb on that one. Yeah, no, she. <laughs> no, is she the same in the comics? Uh, I'm like her dad dies, or I'm actually more familiar with Ratcatcher one than I am Ratcatcher two. But yeah, I well. Think... Does he die in the comics? I mean, at some point, maybe. <laughs> oh, okay. My yeah. my understanding is that she was actually created for the movie. There is no rat catcher two in the comics. Oh, awesome! I, so she was a very good character. Yeah. Really, I didn't. I, 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 all I did was look at Wikipedia. There, there may have been missing hundred percent information. Yeah. So there may have been missing information, but what I took from it was that, yeah, Ratcatcher is a, a regular character who's typically like a, a Batman villain. I do remember Ratcatcher, um, yeah. Yeah, but my understanding is that there has not been a Ratcatcher 2. Okay, okay. So, I, I mean, I could be wrong. Like I said, Wikipedia, I could be totally wrong. But. Well, and the, you know what? That's another thing I, I want to mention about that character that I did really, really like was that they call her Ratcatcher 2, which is like a very, very comic book thing to do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, I, that I was like, that is just so comic book. <laughs> I right. loved it that she's right catcher too. But right. those, those flashbacks with her, with her and her dad, I, like I said, I mean, it's just I don't. Why would those scenes melt my heart? They're just, but they're just so good. Yeah. 
I just, I also, I think right from her introduction, the fact that she just wants to sleep all the time. I get it. Yeah, I'm down. I relate. I relate it so much to how deep a sleeper she was. I was like, I get you, Rat Catcher too. Yeah. No, what a fan, again, really rounds out a fantastic cast. Uh, We're going to talk about the villains in a moment, um, but we're going to take a little break first, okay? Okie dokie. Non-lethal. You lose. Exploding compression bullets. No one likes to show off. Unless what they're showing off is dope as fuck. Fuck. That's true. And we are back, and we hear uh, Archer chewing on a bone, but that's okay. We're going to let Archer have some fun while we discuss the villains of this movie. And I want to talk about... Uh, uh, the the thinker, the the great Peter Capaldi, Doctor Who himself, as the thinker with all of his magic light bright light bulbs plugged into his skull. Uh, what do you guys think of the thinker? Good equipment manipulates animal behavior. Clever. I'm working on something similar with humans. Be quiet, please. You are perceivably panicked. I'm guessing that you are not the alphas of this battalion. Do you want a dozen angry rodents crawling up your ass? My handsome man will be what you expect. Looks very uncomfortable. <laughs> like, how does he sleep with all that shit in his head? Does he have to sleep sitting up? On a huge pillow. Because <laughs> they're on the back of his head as well. They are. That's a good point, right? Maybe he sleeps in a chair. Man, that sounds awful. Like, he hasn't had a good night's sleep for, like, 30 years? <laughs> yeah, probably. Poor, poor guy. But I, I enjoyed his character. I wanted him to be a little more evil. He okay. just seemed to be, you know, a little bit of starfish torture. And then he'd go to the bar at night and party. <laughs> he did have a, yeah, he is a bit of a partier, that's for sure. Yeah. There yeah, must ha- not be a lot to do in that town, because he went to that bar every night. I have to ask or, you a really important question, Reagan, and there's only really one answer for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you like this version of the Thinker better than the crappy one that was on the Flash? Yes, because that version, any of the version of anything, is better terrible. than what it is on the Flash, <laughs> which is a show I have given up on and did not finish this past season. Yes, and my life is better for it. That's yes. really saying something. It is. Yeah, because I watch anything till it dies. Like, do you know how? terrible your product needs to be <laughs> and, and and for the comic book fans out there this is a new iteration of the of the thinker he has a look similar to some classic versions but dr gaius greaves is not a, a necessarily a dc universe character at this point he probably will become one <laughs> yeah. hey, and, he didn't have his chair or right? i think i had the chair in the, the well, flash one. in the flash yes he had a yeah. magic thinking chair well i do my best thinking in a chair as well you do your never mind. I'm not going to finish that joke. <laughs> but we know you do your best thinking. That's right. It's it's a kind of a chair. <laughs> well, I, I I personally enjoyed this. I thought I I like Peter Capaldi a lot as an actor. He shows up in some fun stuff, and I like getting what to see he? him as a comic book villain. I thought he was fun. He does a nice job. It's a it's a fairly small part, but he delivers those lines again. Another another actor who delivers some of the most ridiculous lines with the utmost seriousness that I respect. <laughs> Yeah, he's fine. I wish they'd given I mean, him a little more to do. He's setting up a giant starfish. <laughs> I mean, that, that's his role in this movie is like to make this a a viable threat, a giant walking starfish. 
Okay, real quick, if, let's. We're in the DC universe, right? We sure are. A giant starfish shows up and starts attacking a town. Superman's not going to get a, a a page. His page is not going to go off, and he's not going to be like, "Oh no, not on my watch!" and just fly over and fly through it real quick, and then just keep going. He has to respect the United Nations charters, and I think Cordo Maltese is outside of those restrictions. That sounds made up. I but... fixed it for you right there. <laughs> that sounds like Superman's a bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's Superman tr- can hey, kind of just do what he wants. It's... Isn't that why everyone's like, <laughs> the government's kind of afraid of him? It's... Because yes. he could just change his mind and be like, nah, I'm going to run shit. Yeah, something like I mean, let, let, let's kind of talk about the plot a little bit here as, as we introduce or, or as we talk about the thinker. I mean, now we should kind of reveal what's going on here. Uh, they are in charge of Project Starfish, or Starfish, Project, <laughs> yeah, no, I got it right, Project, I, uh-huh. was, I was thinking of Swordfish, the Hugh Jackman movie, uh, <laughs> different movie, Project I Starfish. I thought you were talking about the Biscuit album. <laughs> no, we're not, no, 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 and John Cena makes a reference to that, and you know that's what he's thinking of. Starfish is a slang term for a butthole. Think there's any connection? No. Of course, Biscuit did just come back at Lollapalooza. And it was awesome. <laughs> no comment. Awesome. No like comment. No, search your feelings. <laughs> you know this to be true. So <laughs> the real reason that Task Force X, a.k.a. the Suicide Squad, has been dis- dispatched to Corto Maltese is to recover and destroy all the information pertaining to basically the U.S.'s involvement in Project Starfish, which is a, a, a we learn, is a alien being that that was captured on a space flight and, and uh, has, you know, alien properties about itself. Apparently the American astronauts are just dicks to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they wrestle it down, they capture it, they pin it to this thing. They're smoking cigarettes around it in videos. Yeah. They're not. What are you? You guys are astronauts. I don't think astronauts smoke in space. Not, not the like, good isn't ones. Isn't that like a no-no? Like fire's bad in space, right? <laughs> fire's real bad in space. make that up. No, you did not. Like, I watched The Martian. He <laughs> says that in that movie. He does. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, Mark, obviously Mark has more deep deep comic book connections than, than Reagan does. But how do you, I mean, I was delighted beyond measure to see Starro the fucking Conqueror in a movie. This made my day. This is one of my favorite silly DC villains of all time. And, like, I say silly because of the visual. But the the the, th- the idea of of Starro as like this sort of um um what's the word I'm looking for, not parasite but a uh, 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 mind control mind controlling high yeah exactly something along those lines like that's awesome and people running yeah. around with starfishes on their face with one eye staring at you that's a badass visual. It was a great look. Yeah, I loved seeing that brought to life. I was so fucking delighted. Uh, I did I couldn't not, have asked more for it. Did you not think it was a little like Suicide Squad? Where they they become like duty monster zombie things? <laughs> no, I did not think of it like that. Okay, I just thought like I know they need you know cannon fodder for them to kill, so the Suicide Squad can look cool. But just you know, once again, taking over the indigenous population to well, just I mean, to, oh, yeah. But if you're if you're gonna throw that around for the Suicide Squad, you gotta apply that to like every Marvel movie, every Avengers movie. They all come up with cannon fodder to get beaten up and destroyed. Yeah. Faceless paper people in the Avengers movies. Faceless like, no paper can... people? That's right. That's what Drax calls them. <laughs> <laughs> he calls them paper people. That's right. I forgot. Uh, You're right. 
But I mean, yeah. And then in Ultron, you have like a thousand Ultron robots, robots. And then you have, you have the dog people thingies in Endgame and Infinity War. And I mean, that's sort of like how some of these comic book movies work. Yeah, you have to have the can fodder. I get it. It's just I thought like having the main villain take over innocent people and turn them into his army was a little too similar. For considering they're both Suicide Squad movies, it's not like I'm talking about you know uh, man He Man versus Superman did that and then Suicide Squad did it. It's both Suicide Squad movies doing it. Mark, how do you yeah. feel about that? Well, I, I mean, I I do agree with that. I I, I didn't I didn't think of that while watching it but at the same time again I, like I, I almost felt like this movie a lot of this movie is like an, an indictment on that first one and just kind of like no here's how you do this and make it good and make it entertaining right and um you know i i also think though that it definitely it, it served to really help raise the stakes in this movie so that it's not that they're just chasing after this rogue giant starfish but they're uh you know the the indigenous population is, is coming after them now as well um and i also liked it because kind of you know i mentioned uh slither earlier i mm-hmm. felt like the whole starro aspect took us back to some of james Gunn's kind of more horror-esque roots right uh like i liked the kind of zombie aspect of it and um, yeah, and and all, I, I loved all the all the old like 1960s or 70s astronaut footage of of, of Starro. Right. I thought that was all done really really well. Yeah, I mean, for for me, it was just like it was the most comic book thing. Was was like yeah, yeah. You have these drones, but they're all they all have the starfish. I mean, if comic book DC comic book fans know that imagery, they've seen that. You know, mm-hmm. dozens and dozens of times in some of their favorite stories because, like, Starro is a great villain. Like, it's yeah. always a really neat storyline. And usually, there's usually Starro is uh, a sort of like an epic reveal at the end of something. Like, you're like, what's the, what's going on here? Who's the bad guy behind this? And you reveal, you see the starfish. You're like, oh, what the fuck? And it's awesome. So I love that for that sake. I mean, you're not wrong in that. Yes, the, there's that cannon fodder aspect, but this one, this one was just like legitimate comic book. Right. It it, it, it works well. Now, in Starro in the comic books, has he ever taken over like a Superman? Oh yeah. And and then yes. used Superman. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fucking awesome. There's great stuff with that. With taking over the entire Justice League. I mean, there there's yeah, so yeah. many good like stories. Like you can have Batman with the fish or the starfish yeah. face. Yeah. It's uh, it's all sounds I, great. I got a good one I'll recommend for you later. I also think great. Another uh, sort of distinguishment between this and the first one is, um, I, I think in in the in this new Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad seemed hesitant to just start killing people. Mm-hmm. You know, like it wasn't until Idris Elba was being attacked by them that he started killing them. You know, like I, I think once Elba makes that decision to to try and stop Starro, I think they are concerned about the people on the streets who have been, who've been taken over. Yeah. So I think that adds a, another layer to it. And I also, I, I really like the payoff um, of like, like Harley figuring out what to do with the javelin. She's been, you know, javelin as he's dying, hands the javelin to her. He thinks it has some kind of destiny. She's like, okay, cool. And th- I want to go back to like that moment. Cause we've, we've kind of talked about Harley 
that isn't necessarily the most important character of this movie, and she could kind of be taken out of it. But there's some funny shit with her. And going back to the opening sequence where they're on the plane before they do the drop, and she's talking to Javelin, who has his, his sweet Euro trash accent, yeah. <laughs> and how she loves it while she's speaking in, in her Gothamite accent that she's come yeah. up with because we how, ain't got none because <laughs> we ain't got none and it's, <laughs> that's it's very funny charming. shit man so i argue that you take harley quinn out of this movie it's not the same it, it, I, 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 well it, it's <laughs> definitely not the same i think that's yeah yeah you could just have another wisecracking character in that well, you role. want black canary instead i mean what are you, what are you gonna do you want poison ivy canaries right Poison Ivy might be an enjoyable in a Suicide Squad movie. Poison Ivy would be fantastic in a Suicide Squad, squad would, movie, yeah. but yeah, you know, like I think she would fit right in. Poison Ivy is actually a tad too powerful to be in a, po- a Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. <laughs> like she just would have taken over that jungle planet or jungle island and ruled the world. <laughs> yeah, she could have been Team Three by herself. Yeah, right, right. Just dominating the army. Yeah, while she, everyone else snuck by her. Uh, yeah, but I think now that the more I think about it, I'm like. Poison Ivy is a tad too powerful <laughs> to be left She's on her own devices. Powerful, especially in, a, in that type of environment they were in. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe send Poison Ivy to the, like, on the, like, the desert uh, missions or something. Yeah. Or the right. Arctic. <laughs> yeah, the Arctic. And she's just miserable the whole time. <laughs> yeah, she has. She brings nothing to the table. But send her on that mission. <laughs> yeah, but then you find out she has like a little plant in her pocket. I mean, that's I, her moment. She I, I the guess the bomb in your head is supposed to be the, the deterrent from acting up. But, you know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Harley gets a great moment at the at, you know the culmination, the going using the javelin, piercing the eye, going into Starro. I I really enjoyed the climax of the flick. How do you all feel about it? I, I liked all the rats showing up. Like that the, was great. The billions too. of rats was yeah. cool. Well, then you get the Poking flashback out. to her dad. Another flashback to her dad, where you're just like, oh, the yeah. heart, my heart can't I know, handle it. Gun tries to get in my feelings all the time. Oh, I didn't so let him it. in this movie. <laughs> what? Give it time. Give it uh, time. Maybe, maybe, but usually it's on first watch where I cry embarrassingly and stuff. Well, so, <laughs> well and this one didn't get me. So listen, maybe I was just so excited because I got to watch it a day early. Because I, I know why it didn't get you. It's it's you're too gender specific. You know, Guardians oh. one, Guardians one, a mother and son. Guardians two, no, father and true. son. This is a, this is a story <laughs> I've told. I think on my podcast, I've told it to my family, and they. Mock me relentlessly. <laughs> well, for it. to be and, fair, you deserve it. I've not even heard the story. <laughs> it's, I was, I was watching a movie with my wife, Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. <laughs> and like one at one point, like during the wedding, I, I teared up and cried during it. Normal stuff, blah blah blah. At the end of the movie, <laughs> the mother-in-law gives the daughter her family's ring. Yes, and I started sobbing, <laughs> like not a little cry, like like that kind of cry where you're like. <gasps> <laughs> and my wife turned to me and was like, what the fuck is the matter with you? And I was like, I don't know. I can't take this movie. And I'm afraid to watch it again because I don't want to have that reaction twice. Great movie, though. Crazy Rich Agents was awesome. Reagan, as, as a man who's also married to a uh, robot woman, I understand <laughs> where you're coming from. I cry at things that my wife mocks me for all the time. Yeah. And I don't. I I actually am too embarrassed to say some of them on this podcast. Um, but there, there, yeah, I, there are a lot of them. Yeah, I cried at the Superstore finale. That wasn't that good. <laughs> I do remember you admitting to that. And my wife called me on the phone and once again was like, "What's wrong? Who died?" And I had to say, "Oh no, it's the Superstore finale." 
Like, I had to say that to another person. That's why I was crying. You were having a heavenly day. That's all that matters. Yeah, I was. <laughs> it all worked out in the end. Mark, so, come on. You share a story about something you cried at. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if Mark can. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, here. You, you want to know? Yeah. Oh, what yeah, what, what got you in the feels, Mark? Um, what got you in the feels? Uh, the, 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 the Pixar film, Onward. Uh, oh, that's a good. That's a really good movie. Really underrated movie from Pixar. Really it's underrated. On it's on. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, it's on Disney Plus. You can watch it on Disney Plus. Okay, yeah. I'll check it out. Uh, yeah, two two brothers who have their problems and come together, and yeah, I fucking bald. And considering <laughs> considering one of those brothers is Chris Pratt, who I know you're not the world's biggest fan of. That's no, 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 no. I look. I like Chris Pratt. I don't have anything against Chris Pratt. <laughs> It was Star Lord and Spider Man, uh, Reagan. So check it out. Yeah, I, I remember the trailer, and they're they're looking for their dad, right? It's a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say I don't want to say much more than that because I I, I oh, think I think that. Mark's right. I think it will get you in the feels. Probably will. I mean, a lot of stuff does. Fucking, fucking Pixar's <laughs> Pixar's really. You get good older at that. and shit gets weird, and you just start crying and stuff. It's weird. <laughs> oh my god! Don't even. <laughs> yeah. I dude, I have a list that is just like. Uh, I don't. I, this podcast doesn't have a lot of street cred, but what little we do have, I, I can't risk by by talking about what I've cried at. That is and ridiculous. I just be who you are it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, she crazy rich Asian. So what? I'm sure a lot of people did. That's what people want. They want honesty. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I'll be honest when I have to, when I when I am actually talking about it. I'm right now, I'm actively avoiding it. Miss uh, Waller, I think the feed is back up. <laughs> Oh my God, Miss Waller! We've got a freaking kaiju up in this shit. Would anyone like to? Uh, is there anything we haven't addressed about this movie we want to get to? I know we haven't done a big deep dive on the plot, but I mean the the story moves forward at a good pace. The characters drive it forward. It does what it's supposed to do. It's action. It's fun. It's humor. I think everything's in in wonderful balance. Again, I I, I talked about the the way it was directed, the the way it's shot. I think it's gorgeous. The soundtrack, I. The majority of the dialogue I care I really liked. Uh, you guys might have nailed that one piece of dialogue that was a little clunky, but for the most part, I'm I'm pretty. I love this movie. I, I can't wait to watch it more and more. Do you consider Amanda Waller the biggest villain in this movie? Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I did have that on my notes and I skipped over it. Yes, of course. Okay. Yeah, and that that's is she like that in the comics? Is she that's always on brand? Worse? That's on brand for Waller. Yeah, Waller is like wheels within wheels within wheels. Like they're there. She's like seven moves ahead of everybody else. Okay. Like most of my experience, but outside of these movies with her is that little bit that she had on arrow. And I love, she didn't seem to be that evil on arrow. Well, they didn't, they didn't get to go do their suicide squad story. They got, it got, they were told to fuck off. They couldn't use it. They did it in the last season. They brought it back. Yeah, but it was like, it was was so dumb. It was kneecapped. It was seriously. Yeah. Where they're like, Oh no, don't call us that. Yeah. We're, Alpha Team X Extreme or whatever, <laughs> whatever stupid effing name they thought of. Uh, yeah, the the the, the Wallace stuff was great. I loved how they had to like knock her out at the end to because she was so hell bent on making sure that the the hard drive was destroyed. Yeah, but the, the, they had already said the hard drive was destroyed. Well, they had to use the hard drive to to bar, kind of like barter for their freedom, right? But when she's trying to blow them up, yeah, they say we destroyed that information. She says, "Okay, come home." We don't give a shit about those people. And well, they turn right. around to save the people. Yeah. Why is she blowing their heads up? She doesn't care if they die. But that's why she was she was telling them to to blow their heads off, and that's when they knocked her out. Right. 
Right, but why is she pulling their heads off? Like, because she's like, if they turn around, they die, or they save the people. Doesn't matter. To well, her. I, I think at that point she wants I, to extract the team. She doesn't want anyone to know there's an American presence in Corto Maltese. They've left. I, I, I do kind of agree with, with Reagan. I, I definitely had that thought of like, well, I mean, what like what's the harm in in them staying? Like, suppose they They're do stay the day, then then it makes then it makes her and 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 America look good. And if they die, they die. Yeah. Oh my and God! You she, sound like Drago right there, Mark. Yeah. Why is not? Why yeah. is Dolph Lundgren not in this movie? Open it, Miss Waller. Open, open it. it. What are you doing, Task Force X? Fuck! Turn around now, goddammit! You dumb piece of shit! Motherfucker! Goddammit, Task Force X! This is the last motherfucking one! What the fuck did you do? All those people, John. Little kids. Throw in the towel. I mean, it's major. Well, would you would you like him to be one of the assistant scientists? Well, I mean, we again we we do have Stallone in this movie. Yeah. Uh, again, it's, been... it's basically the Expendables, but but with you know, supervillains. <laughs> Should have been the voice of Starro. Ooh. Oh, that would have been hilarious. Yeah, like, is he doing his Drago voice? Star doesn't sure. talk, though. Star is yeah. all about, like, telepathy, though, and we don't get to hear yeah. any of that. That's kind of like the one knock on, on Starro in this, is that we don't get to kind of get into Starro's thoughts. I did like, though, that, um, the, how it spoke through the people. That, that was cool. That's, I thought again, it was that's out of the comics, too. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. I, 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 I know we, I, I don't want to sell it short because I, I loved Starro so much. I was so happy seeing Starro on the silver screen, or well, on my TV screen. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I thought it looked great. It was. Yeah, it did it look looked... great. I love that because they called Starro a kaiju. I thought that was awesome. I was like, oh, let's let's connect it to modern things. I get that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I would have liked it if a few more of like the the B team of the Suicide Squad had survived, but got taken over by Starro or would sacrificed cool. Starro, and yeah. then they had to fight against. Former squad members. Well, you know, I actually thought about that. Uh, I thought that would have been an interesting thing. I had that idea for when 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 Polka Dot Man got smashed. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, he's going to come back with the starfish on his face and and have to fight against the squad. But nope, that, he's that just didn't a stain happen. on the ground. He's just a stain on the yeah. ground. A, a very interesting end for Polka Dot Man. I thought great end when he's like, I'm a fucking superhero, and you're like, no, no it's not going to end well. And it, it does not. It does not. But no, you're, you're right. It's a great moment. But I did think he was like going to come back with a starfish and start attacking, you know, everybody. Because I because about that that would have been good. Because that that again, I think like, he's like we too talked powerful about, powerful to have the starfish. Well, like we talked about though, I mean, that is a really great element in the comic books when Starro takes over superheroes. That's always yeah. a lot of fun. But like they could use TDK. With a starfish on his face, <laughs> weasel. And he just starts. Yeah. He just starts slapping well, the blood yeah. around. <laughs> Hilarious, because you know you think it's going to be like this big fight, but it's still the weird hand slapping, and <laughs> Bloodsport just shoots him in the face, and it's over again. We have to, I mean, I don't want that. I don't want to have to watch Nathan Fillion die twice in a movie. <laughs> like though, when they're doing the the credits at the beginning, yeah. And like he's spitting up blood. <laughs> yeah, like I, I know we, we hated that part. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, James, God, you're 
maybe that got into my feels a little bit. Nathan I Fillion, didn't like that at all. The pride of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Nathan Fillion. There he is, folks. Oh. Go see him gyrate his shoulders for, for, the, for your pleasure. Yeah. Watch the rookie. ABCs this fall. <laughs> Still on. Of course, it's fantastic art. <laughs> of course, it is. Reagan, will you do me a favor and rank Nathan Fillion roles real quickly? Uh, two girls in a pizza shop, or two guys in a pizza shop. Is one? <laughs> no, of course oh, not. I, was, it, I, was, I wanted to fix something random. I was going to punch you in the uh, face. <laughs> do you count Firefly and Serena as one? Sure. Yes. Okay, so one. Uh, I haven't watched Castle. I know I should. You haven't watched Castle? I haven't. All right. a, You're no longer qualified to play this game, then. You've disqualified I mean, yourself. His cameo in Saving Private Ryan as the wrong Private Ryan. Pretty good. <laughs> Didn't even Pretty realize good. that was him. Yeah, watch it again. I bet you, like, oh, you know what? Shit. Now that I know you haven't watched Castle, you probably haven't even seen him in the, his season in Buffy as the villain preacher. I've seen all of Buffy. All right, well, the villain preacher. I don't preacher. remember him being. Oh, what I'm, season was that? Was that after like the season where season she's banging that? that soldier in college? That's like season five. Yeah, no, that was four. I I the, the, bailed with, on it that season. I mean, Angel better show than Buffy. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I'll go with that. I enjoyed Angel. They a turned lot. him into puppets in an episode. That was amazing. That's pretty I remember good. that you made me watch that. And the the devil had a robot. Oh, Diablo Mechanico. <laughs> One of my favorite things ever. Angel was a great. I need to rewatch it. I've only watched it the one time, and I loved it. <laughs> but I was, you know, I I watched them after they were both off the air. Oh, okay. Came late. Yeah, I came very late, and then I watched all of Buffy, and then I watched all of Angel. I didn't integrate them. Like I guess I should have. All right. Well, well since we started down this road with Nathan Fillion, let, let me let me throw this yeah. at you guys real quick. Uh, you, and we don't have to go through the entire cast, but like, give me like your top two or three characters in this movie. Mark, go first. Um, Ratcatcher two, King Shark, Polka Dot Man. Oh, nice. Reagan. Yeah. Oh, this is actually very difficult. I, I, I narrowed it to three. So, yeah, yeah, it's real tough. Bloodsport. Okay. Ratcatcher 2. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to so hard. I'm going to go King Shark, but it's so close with Cena. But I can't see him, so he missed the vote. <laughs> I like the way you play that, honestly. And and I, I, won't, I won't cheat. I, I will play the game as well. Uh, I go with Ratcatcher two. I go with uh, Bloodsport, and I, 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 I kind of think I give it to Cena too. But it's it's so hard. I, I love these performances. I I just want to say about King Shark. I th- I think they did like just such a phenomenal job of taking uh, of giving soul to like the soulless eyes. Yeah. It was sharp. Sure. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Like, I thought I thought they did such a good job with that. Did uh, his introduction scene when uh, when, when we meet him oh, and God. he's reading the book upside down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some people claim that Nanawe is a descendant of an ancient shark god. Whatever the case, he's strong and deadly. Does it talk? Book read. Wow. <laughs> Book's upside down. See that? It's pretending to read a book. So smart, me. Enjoy books so much. Be a mite careful as he's developed a taste for human meat. Stallone on fire. <laughs> and then seeing a deadpan. 
books upside down. Cena's <laughs> 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 deadpan delivery in this movie is is yeah. is so great. And then a, 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 another great callback in this, in this movie is when 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 Peacemaker and Bloodsport first meet and they talk about the bullet sizes and how it, his bullets are smaller, so it goes through without touching the side, so it's more center. Yeah. And then, obviously, when they have the, when Bloodsport and, and Cena get into it, or <laughs> Bloodsport and Cena, but yeah, yeah, how that comes back. So like, there's a lot of great callbacks to what they set up in the beginning of the flick. So when he when he does that landing and shoots him with the smaller bullet, I wanted like Cena or Blood Peacemaker. Peacemaker. <laughs> Fuck you, Peacemaker. I do it too. You're fine. I wanted him to say something like "awesome" or you know when they were having that discussion about right. when he shoots that guy with the bullet. And then, like, he explodes, and he's like, you do when it's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, I wanted him to be, like, fucking awesome, and then die, like, because he was just impressed that it happened. He can't die. as an HBO Max series coming up. Well, you think he's dead at that point. <laughs> you do. That's fair. And when that happened, I thought to myself, oh, I guess that show's a prequel. <laughs> 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 like, it just summed up a lot for me there, but... No, that yeah, and that's the, not one one of our Easter eggs at the end of the end of the well, not even Easter egg. It's uh, you know, just one of our end credit scenes. Peacemaker live setting up the show. Peacemaker's gonna have to save the world. And then the one that like just tickled me so much was Weasel waking up and just running into the jungle. Yeah. Do you know what it reminded <laughs> me of? We just did Con Air and on my podcast, Koshi Pod. Check it out, <laughs> but. At the end of that movie, Steve Buscemi, who is a Hannibal Lecter-type character, yes. who is a murderer, who I think's reformed, that's not here or there, just just getting away with it. And this is Weasel, who we all we know about Weasel is he can't swim, and he's killed 27, 27 children. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Running off into the jungle, and we're supposed to be like, fuck yeah, <laughs> get it, Weasel. He's not fucking E.T. He's a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? But again, is that just like what his species eats? I, I, oh, so you're forgiving him? <laughs> He's super children. It's it, Mar. It... I'm a superhero. I'm a motherfucking superhero. So let me let me ask you guys a big question. Obviously, obviously James Gunn is is currently back in the fold at Marvel, getting ready for Guardians three and. The Guardians holiday special, which will be on Disney Plus, uh, I think next year is the plan, right? Or is it twenty twenty three? Yeah, I can't remember. I, I think it's next year. Yeah, I think it's next year as well. Do Do you think Warner Brothers brings the 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 bucket full of cash and says, "Hey, let's make another one of these"? And I would give him a ten movie deal. I would say, "You make five DC movies, anything you want. Don't give a shit. Make five comic book movies, and then five movies you can make them about anything." Anything that your heart desires, we're going to give you a blank check to make them. I mean, listen, um, listen there. The, I I might have the name of the movie wrong, but please, so please correct me. But what what, what was the one he executive produced that was like the Superman, evil Superman story, like the Brightburn or some shit like that? Brightburn, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, imagine if you got to do that with Superman, like give him universe, to, uh, give him license to play in the multiverse, yeah, and do like some Elseworlds shit, like that'd be fun. Yeah, if I was if I was Warner Brothers, I'd love to make whatever. Yeah. This is the, probably the most positive publicity they've got out of any of their DC movies. Since Dark Knight, for sure. Oh, well, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I mean, we're not those... even talking about the Nolan stuff, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm right. just saying, like, it, it's, it's been over a decade. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, and 
like yeah, I agree. I think I think Warner Brothers ought to ought to give him whatever he wants yeah, at this point. I'm okay. Give, you know, give him carte blanche. You know, and you know, it's it's also been said that he uh, when he was in in discussions, he was like he's like, well, I just you know, can I just kill whoever I want? And they're like, yes. So you, yeah. need, you need more decisions like that being made on on higher levels. Yeah, and he's only under contract for Guardians Three and the special. Yeah, and that's it. I think. I think that's it. Yeah. And and I think I don't, after I don't everything that's happened, he just wants to finish his story, mm-hmm. and you know, shane it and ride out into the sunset. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I has, mean, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, hasn't he said like he's kind of tired of comic book stuff? He he has hinted at that, but again, if you give him carte blanche to tell the stories he wants to tell, maybe he yeah. can make that work in the in the in that genre. Or yeah. like like Reagan said, like an alternating deal. Like here, do a couple DC movies, but go and make whatever you want yeah. in between. And also. Do whatever you want in DC as well. Yeah, we're just gonna let you go nuts for ten movies, and if we don't like where it's going after ten, we're gonna move on. But you'll be rich. You won't give a fuck. That's... It's gonna work out for everybody. You're not gonna give him ten movies. Well, of no, probably not. not. But again, especially if we're setting up like a like a multiverse, and he could do whatever he wanted because it's not interconnected to anything. Sure, like, let him let him play. Let him play. He's, yeah. he's he he obviously has a really good uh, imagination. He tells a great three act structure. Uh, I, you know, I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. Let him, let him have at it. And I, this might be one of my favorite movies as far as he's directed because I think it's shot in such a fun, unique, kinetic way. Really good energy, really good motion in this. I, I let the guy keep doing his thing. That's my two bits. Yeah, it's, I enjoyed it. Let's make more movies like this. I, let, let me ask you another question real quick before we do close out. Uh, do you think Guardians Three takes on more of this style, this visual style? You know, as far as like the, those camera angles and those camera shots. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. The Mark's shaking, Mark's shaking so. his I head. I think Marvel's. <laughs> well, no, I, they're not in the same spot as DC. Marvel yeah. can say no to things. DC's not in that that spot, movie wise. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think Marvel's very controlling, and they definitely have their sort of visual aesthetic so i'll be interested to see if they let him loose as far as camera movement and stuff like that is concerned i i would like to think that they wouldn't hinder him in that way but i could also see where they'd say like no nah, that's a little too <laughs> and that's too good for Marvel, let's uh, let's just let's let's tone it down. I I brought it up because like there Damn has you. been there has been some, <laughs> there has been some talk that with, with with bringing on like some of these like this next round of this current round of directors I should say that they're kind of loosening that a bit. You know, apparently like like the Sam Raimi uh, Doctor Strange movie is going to be very Sam Raimi. So I'm I'm curious if you let James Gunn run wild or, or you know or whatnot. I you know I don't know. I mean Taika got away with a lot of stuff in Thor Ragnarok and that worked out well. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I I remember hearing that that the original Spider-Man film was going to be very Raimi, and and while while it was, I mean, I don't think it was as Raimi as as it as it could have been. So it's like I I don't know a lot of that. I think it, a lot of stuff like that is oftentimes just talk to to get fans excited. So uh, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of waiting to actually see the films. All right, hey, fair enough. I, I mean, we're just speculating wildly right now anyways. Yeah. Do you guys have any closing thoughts about the movie you want to, want to say before we get out of here? 
other than go watch it because I think we all uh, yeah. give it a big thumbs up. Uh, was it planned to be released the day before theaters? Uh, no, what they did was they they coincided it with with a Thursday release date. You know, like people on the East Coast were gonna be we're going to the theaters Thursday night at seven o'clock to watch it in theaters. Uh, so HBO Max was like, "Fuck it, let's let's put it out on HBO Max that time too." And I just couldn't believe. Like, I'm grateful they did. Oh, it's 100 percent. Same here. I immediately drove home and watched it as soon as I found out this was the thing and told everybody I knew. But I told somebody, You're welcome. Like, "Oh, I have tickets for Saturday. I'm gonna cancel those because I'm gonna watch it right now." So that means they just lost money. Yeah. I mean, technically, HBO made the money still because they're paying for the month. I I just don't know if it's a good plan. Because the the Marvel, where you have to pay $30 to watch it, mm -hmm. they're at least still getting that money. Right, but that was only for Black Widow. As far as I know, that's not a plan for for Chang-Chi. And that that also, I mean, that... That didn't do very well. I mean, it it did better than any film has post pandemic, but it still was not what you know Marvel mm-hmm. or Disney wanted it to be. I well, I mean uh, that's that's why I mean, we we haven't talked about it on the show. We haven't we haven't done a news episode in a little while, so we haven't talked about uh, Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit against Marvel because of that. Um, the salary shaming. Yeah. Well, I mean, she had a deal for points, on the, points on the back end. And, yeah, you know, so she should get points on the digital back end as well. Uh, I, listen, I don't disagree with you, but they they got to figure all this shit out. They they this yeah. is going to force it's the them wild to, west. Yeah, right. Right. Right now we're in, in a very very gray area for these these contracts. Um, and you know, again, not to get too far off the off the rails, and we're we're running long as it is. But but yeah, I mean, you know, with this the Delta variants running rampant, I don't know how cool I feel about sitting in the theater again. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't want to sit in the movie theater with a mask on my face, but I feel like that's what I'm going to have to do if I want to watch a Marvel movie in September. And that's going to yeah. be uncomfortable for me. How am I going to eat the popcorn? Man. I'm going to have to dump a bunch in the front of my mask and to, eat it like an animal. I'm going to have to go to like the shittiest theater in town to make sure it's like some idiot's not going to walk in there and sit next to me. You're just going to have to go to a, a weird like 4 a.m. show. <laughs> they don't have those. <laughs> well, talk to your local movie theater, you know. Well, how much is it to rent out of theater? Open I, it I, I'll get all my vaccinated friends, and we'll rent out of the theater. That's the only option I can think of. Yeah. You can rent out the Egyptian in Laurel, or uh, wherever Rundle Mills is. It's not Laurel. I, I, I won't be doing that. Hanover. Hanover. It's only like 200 bucks, man. I don't, I don't live near there. <laughs> you get on a quick flight. So that's like, what, like three, four hundred dollars. You land at BWI. It's a quick, like forty dollar Uber <laughs> to the mall. You watch the movie. You get back on a plane. Another three hundred dollars. Bam, you're done. Well, once, once but you're safe. Once except Disney, for that plane flight. Once Disney completes its acquisition of this podcast, we can we can discuss that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gentlemen. I I don't think I have anything else to bring up. We we we're running a little long, but I think we got all of our thoughts out there, right? Like no one no one. Uh, didn't didn't get to express themselves freely. I mean, Gar saying he doesn't like fucking Fury Road is oh, okay, insane. Okay, okay, okay. All right, go go watch the Suicide Squad. Whether you see it in theaters, whether you watch an HBO Max, we we highly recommend this this movie. The the three three of the 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 big voices of this podcast all weighing in, all in agreement that the Suicide Squad is worth your time. Uh, it is a come on, it's so good. I think it's safe to say. Oh yeah, <laughs> we just have, we'll have to talk Ryan into it. We'll see. 
<laughs> uh, he probably watched it this weekend. All right. Well, with, we'll, with Rob. I mean, he's with Rob, my other brother. So they're probably watching it together. We'll, we'll check in with him in another episode and see, make sure they're they're on the right page. <laughs> Mark, Reagan, thank you so much for hanging out today and discussing the movie with me. I'm so excited that you got to do this. Reagan, please, by all means, plug the Come On It's So Good podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at, at CoSGPod. And uh, coachypod.com. Of course, those are the links. Yeah, and, and message Reagan specifically on Instagram and Twitter because he will definitely I'll see, see it. it all. Definitely... I will see it right away. Hey, I've liked my first two things on Instagram because I just figured out how to do that. Right. I sound a thousand. <laughs> Mark, uh, do, you, do you want to share with the, with the people where you're at or do you not care? Um, MR Wegemer. At, at Instagram, um, yeah, go there if you don't want to see anything because yeah. I post like once every six months. It's hot, it's hot content, but when he posts, it's epic. I've, I've pretty much given up on Twitter. I'm still there. M. Wegemer at Twitter, but, you know, <laughs> who uses Twitter? Just add him whenever you, when, it, when you disagree about Fury Road. Lots at of people. Mark Wegemer. Oh, God, yeah. I'm oh. going to get so much Fury Road hate. Yeah, I right. know. Yeah, please tweet at him about Fury Road. <laughs> Listen, Charlize is listening. She's a big fan of the show. Charlize is going to come at you, okay? Get ready. Brace for impact. Yeah, okay. All right. She's a big fan of my Old Guard review. She was. She really dug it. Decent movie. Not bad. Decent? Fuck you. All right, this podcast I mean, is over. It's been a while since I've seen it. Fuck. <laughs> it's, it, it's probably one of the, the best be Netflix good. movies that's come out. Oh, boy. All right, let's get out of here. Thank you, gentlemen. I mean, Spencer for Hire was pretty good. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm just joking. Whoa. That movie sucked ass. <laughs> Come on. All right. I will, I will have you clowns back on the show soon. We will talk later. Thank you, guys. Boosh. Boosh. All right, thank you. Fuck. Bloodsport is off mission. What the... She'll kill you, you know. That's her business. I knew Sebastian sensed good in you for a reason. Just keep that fucking rat away from me. Ratcatcher is also off mission. Bloodsport, Ratcatcher, turn around. We're girlfriends. And now wait. I know what I'm carrying the javelin for. There you have it, our epic review of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. I hope you all got the chance to see this movie over the weekend, whether you watched it on HBO Max or you went out to the theaters to see it to support it. Either way, I think we all, I think the majority of us are all in agreement. It's a damn good time, and I hope you had as much fun watching it as we did talking about it. Uh, since we did the podcast, uh, I have been able to watch the movie again, and there, there's so many things that... It's just, it gets better. It's, thus far, it's getting better and better with every rewatching. I've watched more more uh, scenes over and over again, and, and it's just, it's a real delight from top to bottom. One of the things we, we maybe didn't talk about enough in this movie is just how good Viola Davis is as Amanda Waller. She's absolutely fantastic. Uh, does a really great job of bringing that character to life in, in a way that, you know, she, did, she was one of the highlights in the original David Ayer Suicide Squad back in the day. But she is a a real gem in this one as well, and and just just takes that role and makes it her makes it her own, and it's 
so good. And as much as we, as we had talked about all, all the characters running the mission, you cannot talk about the Suicide Squad without talking about Amanda Waller. And I should also mention real quickly, too, because we didn't get into this in the conversation, but the creator of the, the, the comic book series Suicide Squad, the main man behind bringing that team together back in the 80s for DC Comics, John Ostrander, the, the, to me, the, the famed legendary comic book writer, John Ostrander, has a cameo in this movie. He is the one who injects uh, Savant with the, with the little microbomb that's going to blow up his head you know, in 10 minutes. But that's him. He gets a nice cameo in this flick. So I was delighted to see John Ostrander. I, uh, I've only met the man once at a convention, but uh, he was a delight to talk to about Suicide Squad, about the Spectre, and so, so many other things because uh, John Ostrander has written some of my favorite, favorite comic books uh, over, over the last several decades. So a delight to see him on, this, on the screen for this movie. Uh, and one more thing to bring up, too, is, is you know, Peacemaker coming soon to HBO Max. We talked about it as a series. Uh, but after we did the podcast, I read some more stuff with James Gunn over the weekend about how uh, Peacemaker's fate was originally sealed in the movie. When when the reactor, you know, all that stuff, you, you see him die in the movie. That was supposed to be the end. That was Peacemaker's final fate until the HBO Max series got the green light. And they're like, well, we can fix that. And so that's what they did as they were as uh, production began, began on that series. They went back in. They, they shot that scene that's going to be uh, that, that ended up being a post credit scene, mid credit sequence, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, originally Peacemaker met his final he met his maker. Peacemaker met his maker originally in the film until that series came to light. And uh, you know, there's a lot of you, you guys can pull it all up, pull up all the information. There's a, you know the the Peacemaker show is done, it's wrapped. They have uh, filmed it all, so there's tons of casting announcements out there. You can see who's all in the show. You know what carryovers from from the Squad movie are in it. What other actors are taking a step? I'm not going to read over the list, but I did want to mention that one character or one actor, I should say, that is going to be a part of this movie is Robert Patrick, who will be playing Peacemaker's dad. And I think that's a really, really uh, wonderful piece of casting and will help uh, us see just how Peacemaker maybe uh, got shaped into the person that he is and why he's so willing to eat a beach full of dicks. <laughs> because why, you know, and if you're going to have a dad who makes you want to eat a beach full of dicks, might as well be the, t uh, the T-1000 himself. That's going to be really, really exciting. I can't wait to check that out. It's going to be a good time. That show is planning, uh, currently it has plans to debut in... Uh, January of 2022, so a little time to wait still, but in the meantime, we can watch Suicide Squad over and over again and just delight in all of its awesomeness. All right, we're going to get out of here. This episode is running very, very long. You may have heard, uh, you know, at the end of the episode, we made some reference to Mark not liking Fury Road. That was one of the segments I had, I had to excise. We got off the rails a couple different times in this podcast, uh, and, and Mark's feelings on Fury Road uh, did not make the final cut. But as you could hear, he's not a fan. And Reagan and I uh, heartily, hard, we very hardly, heartily disagree with him on that. All right. I do want to thank the official members of Pophead Nation, which, if you're liking this podcast, and why wouldn't you? We just had so much fun right there talking about the Suicide Squad. Head over to patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. You can join the nation and gain access to the sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody, Vol Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail. Jeff, co-host in the Ring Air, a fantastic music podcast. Please check that out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. The Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard. The New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, and our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Praia Brewing Company, 
right here in San Diego, California, and coming soon to Baltimore, Maryland. And of course, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. All right, please make sure you're following us on social media at TomCastPopCast on Twitter and Instagram. Please email the show, TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing the show with all your friends, family, loved ones, people who uh, are in life deaths to you, people who are in your own personal suicide squad, people whose heads you want to make explode. Just recommend it to them. Let them listen to it a couple times and then blow their heads up. Then, then you're going to be all good. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please, by all means, leave us a five-star review because we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pandora, Audible, Amazon, so many, many more. And we, again, we thank you all so, so much for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We will be back so very soon. The TomCast Podcast is never far from uh, your your uh, podcast catcher, and we will be back to give you always all the latest, greatest content. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And in the meantime, you know what to do. You know what I'm about to say. If you're li- if you're a new listener, you know you may not know. But if you're an old listener, you you know exactly what's coming. Ciao, babes. Why rats, Papa? Rats are the lowliest and most despised of all creatures, my love. If they have purpose, so do we all. So the tribe drops its third straight on this trip, six to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Great story, compelling and rich.